Welcome to The Pestle, reviewing and breaking down movies to look for insights into the movie-making process. Hosted by The Apocalypse. Finally, we're all playing outside again. Let's blow out the candles and start the show. <laughs> Welcome to The Pestle, everybody. Today's show is brought to you by Ollivander's. Every special child deserves a special want. Unicorn hair, basculus tooth, we have it all at Ollivander's. Well done. Welcome to the Pestle. I am Wes. And I am Todd. And Todd served as our hype man. (laughs) I wasn't ready for that. Not at all. You did great. I I have better in me. (laughs) Super excited. Welcome to the show. This is the Pestle where we like to analyze and break down films, talk about them a little bit, but hopefully try to gain some kind of insight into filmmaking. And I think that's kind of fun maybe as an audience member just to help start give your taste buds a little more texture. I think Uh, just the ability to say, Oh, here's why I don't like this movie or here's why this movie isn't working. will hopefully start to steer you towards a little bit more sophisticated fare. I think Mm. (laughs) maybe not. We'll, we'll do some things. We'll say some words. (laughs) Actions will be had and, I don't know. Maybe. maybe. I think so. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll try to educate a little bit. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Today's show is about Moana. Yeah. If you have not seen Moana, beware. Then you don't have kids. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> and if you true. have, then you don't want to listen to this because <laughs> we're going to talk about Moana. I have two kids and all they want is like... But you know what? I think if you are sick of Moana, this might give you a new angle of which yeah. to view it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. And so maybe it'll actually give it a little bit of a refresh for the first time. Yeah. I mean, like 700 times. I mean, it's, it's, I'm, I'm less sick of it than frozen. (laughs) It's like, if I let it go one more time, I'm going to let it go all over this desk. (laughs) No, no, it's, it's a, it's an awesome story. It's a great movie. The music is fantastic. I mean, I, I love it. I mean, partially because my kids love it, but not all Mm -hmm. because of it, because my daughter loves Loves Frozen, and I, I'm over it, man. I'm over it. Sorry. <laughs> and it's funny because she's just getting into that age where she's discovering it for the first time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> exactly. Where she's like excited to first thing. You know, she, she says she wants to watch it, and I gotta pull her back. You know. Um, but she. So we have an Alexa, and she she will come downstairs or or whatever, and she'll tell Alexa to say Alexa. Pay Moana. (laughs) It's the cutest thing ever. And sometimes she gets Alexa to do it. Really? Yeah. yeah. Every now and then. But she, she rarely actually says Alexa. She, she says, Alexa. (laughs) So, uh, but every now and then she gets her to do it. And when she does, she has this like big open wide eyes. Like, Oh, that's Moana. So, Alexa's a little yeah. bit snooty, huh? She only responds a little bit, but it's been uh, because of that. It holds a little little place in my heart. That's awesome, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so today we'll be discussing a lot of things about Moana. Uh, we'll touch on musical efficiency and storytelling, lessons of Moana, maybe a little bit of uh, adventuring notes that we can take away from it. We'll talk about Hey Hey as a sidekick. Yep. Uh, and also, in general, what filmmakers can learn from cartoons. I think it's a little bit of an underutilized tool mm-hmm. that, as I was watching this with that in mind, I was like, man, there's a lot of really good things I can pull out of this as a live action filmmaker because I'm never going to make a cartoon. But oh, I've, 
I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. So yeah. this will be fun and probably some more stuff that isn't on the agenda per se. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, probably as usual yeah uh okay so a quick synopsis of the film in ancient polynesia when a terrible curse incurred by the demigod maui reaches moana's island she answers the ocean's call to seek out the demigod to set things right it's directed by ron clements and john musker screenplay by jared bush starring um sorry i'm gonna butcher these understood uh ali uh carvalho as Moana, Dwayne Johnson as Maui, Rachel House as Grandma Tala, uh, Tamura Morrison as Chief Tui, uh, Jermaine Clement, we know Jermaine, <laughs> as Tamatoa, uh, Nicole Scherzinger as Sina, and Alan Tudsk as Hi Hey. Hey Hey. To what? Tudik. Tudik? Yeah. Yeah, that. As Hey Hey. I know a girl from an island. She stands apart from the crowd. She loves the sea and her people. She makes her whole family proud. Sometimes the world seems against you. The journey may leave a scar. But scars can heal and reveal just where you are. The people you love will change you. The things you have learned will guide you And nothing on earth can silence The quiet voice still inside you And when that voice starts to whisper Moana, you've come so far Moana, listen Do you know who you are? Who am I? I am a girl who loves my island And the girl who loves the sea It calls me I am the daughter of the village chief We are descended from voyagers Who found their way across the world And they call me I've delivered us to where we are I have journeyed for you. I am everything I've learned and more. Still, it calls me. And the call isn't out there at all. It's inside me. It's like the tide, always falling and rising. I will carry you here with my heart. You remind me. But come what that's yeah man it's it's so good <laughs> it's really really good for it's, a lot of reasons uh yeah i mean it bridges you know what i'll save it for later but that's such a good scene <laughs> well why are you gonna save it for later Just well about there's it. some amazing interesting things that i think is going on right there um and it begins actually i think with the efficiency of storytelling using music and throughout this film and throughout almost any 
film that uses musicals. It's a really great way. Like we've discussed before about voiceover and how that's a really efficient method of, you know, giving background and uh, empathy towards the character and musicals largely work the same way, but even better because it also more efficiently, I think shows character. Like it can reveal a person's character and it can advance the plot and or it can reveal exposition and especially that last one exposition is a beast because it's so boring and it can feel a little forced at times but with music you know suddenly you're adding music and rhythm and melody and not only is it doing all those things it's making it fun of course but it's also telling you how you should feel about it how do you feel about this person's character? How do you feel about the plot? Because, you know, do you feel wonder? Do you feel happiness? Do you feel adventure? And it's all directly tied into the music and the melody, because if something has a somber tone, obviously that's going to be sad. Yeah. And so it's just this super easy and methodical coaching system to the viewer. <laughs> like, here's how you feel about this. Yeah. But yeah. you go along for the ride, especially in something like Moana, that's just got jaw-dropping tunes yeah oh it's amazing the um the same guy who wrote hamilton yeah lin-manuel miranda yeah is that right Mm -hmm. and you can totally hear it like if you listen to the to hamilton soundtrack you can they're they're like really very similar yeah that's awesome i mean you know obviously they're different sure but there's like a this tonal i don't know if it's the the instruments he likes to use or 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 what, but there's just like this, this, uh, uh, timbre about it that, that completely remind. and maybe cause I've listened to him a million <laughs> times because my wife loves not. that. Yeah. Um, but I, the, the moment that I, that I, well, the first time I saw Moana, I didn't know. And I thought mm. this sounds really familiar. Why does this sound familiar? Wow. And then I found out it was him. I was like, Oh, well, no wonder it, I mean, it's the same guy that wrote, okay, well, yeah. That makes sense. Um, and I think they have them doing another one that they're working on, not another Moana right now, but another, uh, another film that he's doing all the music. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Well earned. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this guy is just on it, man. I mean, there's something, I think, you know, it might be his lyrical writing, if not just, if not the music, like the way he, he's just really, really good at, at, um, painting emotion with words, you Hmm. know, for lack of a better term, you know, I mean, you can, uh, you can tell a story. Yeah, for sure. You know, and that's what, you know, music for, for animated films is supposed to do. It's supposed to tell a story, but it also has to be descriptive and it has to be emotive all at the same time. And I mean, you know, Disney's amazing at that, but this one particular, just the way everything builds, like in that clip you played, it starts from nothing. Yeah. Absolute nothing. And then in a span of just a few seconds, it goes to this huge crescendo, but you don't even notice it. You just feel it because it's in the performance of the, of the singer. But he also has this way and he does this in, in, um, Hamilton. He finds the hook, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. It's, it's a phrase. It's always a phrase. I mean, it can be, you know, a, um, a melody too. a melody is usually attached to it, but it's a specific phrase more than anything. And he just keeps, he beats you over the head with it, keeps coming back to it and back to it and back to it and back to it. So you never feel like you're, you're that far away from it. The story is right there in this one line. Who am I? 
I am Moana. You know, like mm-hmm. it, he just, if you watch the movie, it, it he, she says it a million times. It all comes back to who you are. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Where'd you come from? Who are your people, your Island? It's, he just keeps coming back to it. And it, it, maybe that's the familiarity that I kind of noticed. And that line, I am Moana. That's a dangerous, dangerous line to me just because that's super yeah. easy for that to come off cheesy. Right. Yeah. And you just kind of roll your eyes at it, but they did such a great job of building up the story and her character and the need for her to recognize, like you said, that mm-hmm. what's really important is who she is. And then she nails it and you're just <laughs> And then, yeah, and then, and then you have a breath of just music after that. And what's great about that scene and is at that moment, right, uh, y'all can't see it unless you're just know this thing by, by heart, but mm-hmm. she jumps off the ship into the water and she goes down to retrieve the heart, mm-hmm. the heart of Tafiti. Yeah. And what I love about that, that's, I think, the first time she didn't rely on the ocean to provide it for her. Yeah. From the opening, right? Uh, we see the ocean gives her the stone. The ocean's kind of pushing her around. And it's at that moment, she takes control. She goes after it. She fixes the boat and she gets underway. Yeah. To finish, to complete her mission. Yeah. And that's just a definitive moment of who she is. Very, yeah. I've, I've accepted who I am. I know who I am and I'm taking charge and doing what I know needs to be done. Yeah. That's strong. Man. I love that. Yeah. And so going further into the musical efficiency, like I've for a long time really held that music is a much more powerful medium than film. And obviously I'm a big film lover, so I don't say that, you know, uh, lightheartedly. <laughs> But I think it's true. I think the the journey you can take someone in two and a half minutes, as the Beatles showed time, time and again, you know, uh, is it's so efficient. And you you communicate so much through the music and melody like we're talking about before and through the words that you can imply an entire world, an entire life in the span of just a few minutes. And to do that same thing takes a film an hour and a half, you know. And so in that hour and a half, I could have listened to a song, you know, 20 times and gone on that journey and had that impression for good or bad, you know, reprinted on my brain and in my heart so many more times. And so I think music is just wildly powerful. And they show that, you know, in the first few songs, I'll just kind of run down what you're covering uh, in just a span of a couple minutes, really. Like the first song starts at about 7.45 and runs through about 10 minutes, a little over two minutes long. And and then they take a break and come back to it for like another 60 seconds. And here's what happens in the span of that that time. For one, we establish a lot of the the culture and history of the the island right and everyone belongs there they they have a rich tradition and they're trying to impress this on moana and during this time span we also see that she grows up we we transition a good 15 years (laughs) in the span of a couple minutes and you do that so seamlessly because throughout that process you also see throughout her life she keeps trying to go to this to the sea She's trying to escape. And meanwhile, you also see the town and her father keep 
pressing their perspective on her. And you get these little hints. And this is what's so good about the musical quality of a film like this is everything up to that point uh, throughout the song really is very upbeat. It's very happy. Everyone's very glad about where they are. And then you get to Moana's line and she's super sad. And she's like, and no one leaves. That's a bad thing. Yeah. But then you hear her father later on say, and no one leaves. And he's yeah. like super excited Happy. about it's it. So it's such a great, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's so efficient. Contrast. Yeah. yeah. Great contrast. And then you also get to see though, her grandma's view. And she's like, it's not about where you are. It's about who you are. And then we have this break. As right after the grandma is like teaching her the moves, right? She's just these beautiful Maori or Polynesian, you know, dancing uh, that, that comes to life. And then we break from the song and the father lays out all his expectations of her life. He takes her up to the, the mountaintop and shows her all the stones that all her ancestors have laid there and all the chiefs and that soon she'll be added to it. And what's interesting about that is the textures there. Um, as I'm just saying this right now, I'm realizing like it, it looks old and it looks weathered, which on one hand can give you a rich sense of history, but through her eyes, it probably looks moldy and stale and like, do I want to be that? Do yeah. I want? And so there's a lot of dirt and she's got the heart of an ocean. And then they return back to the song for the grand finale that basically ends with her trying to accept her place. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where that goes. And then we have a, a break for like four or five minutes, about four minutes. <laughs> Technically, I was timing it. <laughs> and they introduce a dramatic need, right? The coconuts are tainted. There's no fish in their fishing areas. And now she wants to help her village by using her passion for the ocean. And uh, we'll get to this in a little bit because I really want to hear your thoughts about some of this stuff. But obviously her father has different ideas, you know, for that. And it leads right into the second song at about the 16 minute mark, which goes to about the 1840. Then you break again um, for a while. Actually, you break until about the 30 minute mark and that'll go for about another 60 seconds. And what she covers, right, uh, is her longing for more. So it's really a character building song and a, and a song about her motives. And it's something that will kind of advance the plot. I mean, the, it's the whole point of the story that is laid out in the intro with uh, the history of Maui and the Tafiti. And so we also get to know her dissatisfaction with the island and the static nature of her life. And then she goes on this little break, you know, for 10 minutes or whatever. And at, after that break, she comes back. Um, well, at that break, she fails to escape. That's when she loses her smart buddy, the pig. And mm -hmm. he's like, at first, I love his introduction. He's all intelligent. He's helping with the water leaking. And he's like got pushing this bowl into the way to catch the water drip. And he's grabbing the oar for her. <laughs> and then the minute he gets out on the water and things go wrong, he tucks tail and runs. Uh, he's yeah. just not about that life. Nope. <laughs> And we'll come back to that in a little bit. Okay, yeah. yeah um, I want to talk about that. Yeah. And then you have her grandma, though, who's accepting her wishes because at this point, Moana's like, okay, well, maybe that's not for me. And she's getting ready to throw her stone on top of the, the stack with her ancestors. And But I love her grandmother right there because she accepts it. She's like, okay. And she's like, wait, you're not going to fight me? She's like, no, that's what you want. 
Yeah, there's a little bit of reverse psychology in there. A little though. bit, but I also think if... She would have been okay with it. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. And she's like, well, it's just not time yet, and there will be someone else maybe. But for good or bad, I love that that was just her tone. And whatever. <laughs> and it was Moana who questioned it. And it was at that point you get to see the grandmother's like, okay, well, if you really want to know, because that's what you're really asking, Yeah, I'll show you. Here's your real history. And she shows you the cave with the ships, and we get that flashback with their ancestors singing away away and voyaging now she knows who she's supposed to be she accepts her destiny and she's getting ready to leave the island and then we finally come back to the song like 10 minutes later (laughs) we come back to her singing uh who i don't don't remember the title of the song but uh who who i am or (laughs) the the sea calls to me oh yeah i don't know what would you call what's the title of that it calls me. It calls I don't me. Know. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And so she finally gets to come I am back Moana. to the, I, I am Moana. I think that's what it's called. Oh, okay. And so she comes back to her theme song. Yeah. And finally leaves the island. And then we go on a super long break. And here's what I really love is I don't feel like this song ever truly raps until that clip we heard. I feel yeah. like everything was just a break to finish this song which culminates in I am Moana. She doesn't say that the rest of the song. Right, yeah. That's the only point in the song where she gets to say that. And it's the culmination of her accepting, like you said, uh, her destiny and her power and takes the challenge. And so I love that section, though, because it blends in the maybe even the previous two songs. I'm not familiar enough with the Away Away and... I think there's probably so much subtle brilliance that's happening between those two to three songs um, that I wonder I would like to hear more about. Like, I can't recognize if this is in the key of G and this is in the key of C or something like that. Because if I was making this, I would put some discordance in between those two songs. Yeah. So that they rub just a little bit. And then when she gets to come back to it later, she she brings them back to the same pitch or to the same uh, harmonizing effect mm-hmm. so that it adds a sense of resolution. I don't know if they're doing any of that. Maybe not. Maybe it's just easier <laughs> to not do that. <laughs> but well, I think, I think they're probably all in similar, like, like relative keys, you mm-hmm. know, like that, that are, that complement each other. Um, like all the songs probably, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, even the crabs song and, and all that stuff. I, I think they're all in the same family of key, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, um, but like, so when she sings the I Am Moana at the end, it's slower. Mm-hmm. Much more perform- less, performance-based. Yeah, performance-based. It's a, it's a lot, um, there's a lot less going on. And so it sounds like it could be a different song because it's just performed completely differently than the first few times you hear it. And then she says the I Am Moana line, which everything is crescended up to. Yeah. And... It's it's much more um, um, orchestral in that regard than than before. I think before it's there's, I mean it's inspirational, but it's not it's not like like that. So I think he just starts it in a different way, and mm. and but they're all similar keys. They're all relative keys. Okay, you know, there you don't have anything like it's not going to rub. Uh, yeah, if, if you were to play it like. On top of each other, those first two versions. I mean, the rub is that you're hearing completely different songs between them. Sure. You know, like Mm -hmm. you'll hear the... the, But note-wise, there's nothing that would be like, that feels wrong. 
Not that I, I mean, maybe there is that I just didn't notice, mm. but, and maybe that's why it's genius. I didn't <laughs> notice it, but I mean, I, I've listened to it for stuff like that. Yeah. Like, you know, like how the hell does he do this? You know, yeah. I mean, obviously too, though, you know, we're sitting here, you know, watching this, the finished work of like a year of work, True. you know, yeah. I mean, they did so much research. He, he you know, I mean, he had a team with him. It wasn't just him, you know, writing all this stuff, team of researchers and, and everything. I mean, uh, he's not Polynesian himself, so he had to do a lot of, mm, a, yeah. a lot of, you know, digging to find out, you know, accurate historical things. I mean, they, they sing in that language, uh, in certain parts of the, the film. So, you know, he even had to do, do translations and stuff like that. So, I think it's easy for us to sit there and say, God, it's just amazing. But maybe if you, if we right, had a year, that. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think that I could make something like this, but I'm, I'm just saying, you know, all of these things might be a little bit clearer to us if we had a year to actually research it. Right. You know? uh, yeah. No, that's a great point. So maybe, maybe. And so I just love that though, that she is bridging the gap between the current way of life on her Island and their real history, which is as, you know, voyagers, wayfinders. Yeah. Um, I think that's such a beautiful, simple uh, resolution to her internal conflict, uh, which is battling between what her father wants and what her island is kind of demanding of her and what she has in her heart. It's beautiful. It's simple. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, as far as music goes, I love Maui song just because like it's, it's exposition, right? It's who he is and what he's done, but it reveals character way better than the other songs, which, uh, short of, I guess, uh, the crab, because it shows how narcissistic he is. Yeah. <laughs> like everything is a thank you. And, uh, uh, it never occurs to him that maybe I'm doing things that people don't actually want or need. Yeah. And it's perfect because it sets up her manish- her manipulation to achieve her goals, right? When she's like, you'd be a hero and yep. lures her in, lures them into completing her journey, her adventure. Yeah. yeah. That's just good and storytelling. How, how about Dwayne effective. Johnson, man? Dude, blew me away. Yeah. That's him singing. That's really incredible. Yeah. I, you get this newfound respect for yeah, the rock. Totally. Man. I mean, I've always respected the rock. I, I've never thought that he's like this amazing actor and he picks terrible movies a lot. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, but you can't help respect him. I mean, yeah, he's got I mean, yeah, such yeah. a great demeanor and attitude, and yeah, uh, he really cares about people, and he's like inspiring, and and yeah, and he doesn't sure. hold back, man. I feel no. like he really, he really gives it his all when he's performing, uh, whether it's in wrestling, which I never really watched him do before, but mm-hmm. um, just the clips I've seen, or if it's you know something like a kids' cartoon, like you feel that he's putting his heart into it. And don't let this fool you. I've never done like cartoon voice work. But holy crap, that's no joke. It's not like regular acting. Look, if you want to do voiceover work in general, it's not what we're doing right now is not voiceover work. We are super laid back. We're we're easy. We're not having to portray anything other than a bunch of, you know, nerds talking about movies. But if we were trying to voiceover like a car commercial, you have to give like 140 percent the energy to come across as you would the same person on screen could give you a hundred percent without that person in front of you. You suddenly have to give way more to communicate effectively the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then to do it in a cartoon, magnify it. 
Like there's a great episode on ID10T, formerly the Nerdist. And it's a podcast with Chris Hardwick, who does podcast. He's a stand-up comedian. He does The Talking Dead, which is a show that comes on after The Walking Dead. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he has all these shows. And he did this one episode with Futurama. And they, they decided to do a, a radio show version of Futurama. And he talks about how horse he was the day after. Really? And he's like, I did not know it would be that hard. Wow. <laughs> and he, yeah, That's it's crazy. just completely stripped his voice out. And so you're basically yelling for like hours on end to communicate, you know, your characters, whatever. <laughs> That's crazy. There's a, um, not to get off topic, yeah. but there is a clip of uh, Hugh Jackman doing ADR for Logan. Ooh. And it's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's violent. I mean, like, like him in a booth making all these noises, running through the woods. Like, it's crazy. You see the energy that this guy has to put out just for ADR. Yeah. And you're actually seeing the guy on screen. Right. So I can't even imagine what, what like Dwayne Johnson had to do for some of this stuff, you know, for, for Maui. It's because crazy. it looks easy, right? You see a cartoon and yeah, it's sure. friendly and they're not sweating or like making weird motions with their mouths. Right. But holy crap, man. It's, it's, it's amazing. I remember the first time I did a uh, voiceover class and we were experimenting with energy. Like our coach would Renee should get us up and into a mic say, okay, do it however you want to do it. And then it's kind of like a scene out of days of thunder. It's like, you do, you give me 40 laps your way and, I, and then give me 40 laps my way. And we'll see what the tires look like afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> and that was what happened. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. I, I hear that, that difference. And so hats off to the rock man. Cause yeah, man. he delivered the freaking goods. And also, obviously, Ali Cravalho, like for a first time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she killed it. God. And I'm excited. Uh, She has a new show coming out called Rise that she actually gets to be a human being. Really? Yeah, the pilot's out. Okay, yeah. and I've heard about it. I am going to continue. I watched the pilot, and I'm going to continue watching it. I thought she was great, and it's got my main man, Ted Mosby, (laughs) Josh Radner playing the lead character. Yeah, Uh, it looks good. I'm I'm happy with it. Like It's not normally my kind of fare, but it's it's a little dramatic, so I dig it. So before I dive back into some film stuff, what do you like about this film, I guess, first of all? About Moana. Oh, just you, Todd, yeah, me not and, the other guy. No, I just, no, I, I know. I'm just like, okay, that's a very broad question. <laughs> it is, it is. But like walking away from I it, thought I you were gonna. I thought you were going to get more granular. I know. I was debating, like, do I want to go straight for the kill? Or, I was uh, expecting more. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, what do I like about it? I, I mean, okay. For one, I like that the main character is a girl. Um a, str- a strong girl. Well, a, a girl that finds her strength. I mean, she's always strong in the film from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. She's strong. Um, but she really find that discovers herself. Um, but that it's not about a, her like, like a relationship at all, you know, like a, yeah. like a, like a real romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, they could have gone that route with Maui, but they didn't not even a hint. Yeah. Nothing. I can't remember the last, I mean, try to think of the last time that you had a main 
a female main character and there wasn't even a hint of a love interest. Like that doesn't really happen, whether it's animated or not. Which uh, to be fair, I don't have a great depth of animated stuff under my belt. But. I'm ever, I mean, it's, I'm sure that there are some, but I can't remember them right off the top of my head. But it was, a, you know, it was about her really finding herself and discovering, you know, uh, where she came, like the, the people that she came from um, and discovering that she, that her, the, the feeling that she had inside her is actually, you know, supposed to be there because it was in her history, in her, her, um, in her ancestor, from her ancestors, she was, vo- they're voyagers and that's why she f- has this feeling. Uh, but there's no kind of, you know, not that there would be sexual tension, but there's no, there's yeah. just no romantic interest anywhere. Yeah. Um, and I love, and I know we'll talk about it later. I love that. Hey, Hey is the, the one who f- comes with her and not the pig that would have got, that would have made a completely different movie mm-hmm. for me. It, the pig would have almost stolen the show. <laughs> right. Um, because his cleverness, of its cu- his, cleverness yeah. his cuteness, whatever. Um, but because Hey Hey was there, there's this solitude that she has. She can't relate to this stupid chicken <laughs> that eats rocks. Uh, so, so she's alone. And that's very important. I mean, not, you know, you can't find yourself until you're really alone. Um, mm, you know, wow. If you're surrounded by people all the time, either they're talking to you, you're talking to them, they're asking you, whatever, you can't go internal and discover these things. Uh, and I think that if, if the pig would have been there, it would have been much more difficult and much more forced for her to actually discover who she really is. But with Hey Hey, he's, it's just not there anyway. You know, it's just this, this thing that every now and then just like, you know, a second here or a second there, he comes in and it's like, Oh, there's a stupid chicken again. Awesome. And then it goes away and it's just brilliant and perfect. Uh, I also love the animation from, of the, the water, uh, was amazing. I've never seen it like that. Um, yeah. I mean, most of the time when you see animated films, I mean, it's not like so focused on water, so it's not so important for it to look the, you know, the way it looks in this film, but it just looks amazing. Um, uh, and to that effect, they actually built new tools and processes to actually make the water look the way it did. They worked with Pixar nice. to do, to make the water look this way. Wow. And, and they, they kind of modeled her hair along the same lines because her hair looks so real yeah. and they've never done hair like that before. I mean, they, you know, they had, what was it? The Rapun- the tangled. Mm-hmm. They had that type of hair. They've done that before, but that's like long and flowy. This is curly seawater and black and beach shimmery, hair. you know, yeah. like it's totally different. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I could keep going on, but yeah. especially the music. I mean, you could just, you know, put it on repeat on Spotify and like listen to it. And it's just beautiful. It's amazing. Um, and usually, so like at the, at the end of like, um, the frozen soundtrack, the main track is sung by someone else, uh, like a, like an actual, you know, musical artist, like a, like a, a famous musical artist. And they do that as well in the Moana soundtrack. And it's really, really good. Wow. It's really, I think it's, I think it's, is it not? No, Demi Lovato does the, Oh, right. There's uh, the, the frozen, frozen one. Yeah. 
someone else does this one, but it's really good. And then they have someone rap uh, really? Dwayne Johnson's "Thank You" or whatever oh, yeah. song. Yeah. They have you're someone. Welcome. You're welcome. They have someone rap that. It's <laughs> it's really good. It's really really good. And it and you can tell like you can tell that that Lin Manuel would have been proud. Yeah. You know. <laughs> So yeah, I could keep going on, but man, I mean, it's just really, really good. Wow. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, all those things are like amazing. I really liked, uh, so I was on, I read it quite a bit and I don't really have a very clever username, so it wouldn't be hard to find me on there, okay. which is a big no, no on Reddit. If <laughs> anyone who Reddit's knows, um, but there's this thread on that's titled basically, daughters, what do you wish your fathers knew? And, uh, I think it was more specifically about how you raised me. And there was just this constant theme of like overprotectiveness and, and not treating me the same way you treat your son or being, I don't know, too strict or, uh, in that same vein of being overprotective, like the way you would treat people around me sometimes was like really annoying and off-putting and, uh, you weren't really scaring my, my love interest, but you know, you made me kind of a tainted object nonetheless. So the thing you're kind of trying to avoid, which is me getting hurt, you know, uh, became kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so just in all these ways, I was like, wow, this is like some eye-opening stuff. And then to come back and think about that in terms of Moana, I was like, wow, that's interesting especially because there's a slight difference to it in Moana. The, the chief, yes, he was being overprotective of her, but also thought it was interesting that, but he also wanted her to lead the village. It wasn't like, uh, he didn't want great things for her. He just couldn't hear her Mm -hmm. over himself and seeing that kind of play out because pretty quickly, that father storyline fades out and it really just becomes about her adventure and she's not really worried about what her father thinks anymore that I don't think that really comes up again for the rest of the film after once she leaves the island yeah no and it's just about completing her her adventure and at that point it really becomes more about uh the connection with her grandmother and it's a very much a woman power thing yeah. going on but i just found that really really interesting in terms of uh the father, I honestly, after it took me watching it a second time earlier today before I realized, oh, yeah, the mother is actually there and alive. I thought the mother yeah, was no, dead. Yeah, she's there. I don't know if she has, like, any lines. Yeah, she has, Maybe like, one or two. one short conversation. She gives the exposition on the father. Like, here's why he is the way he is with you. Yeah. And it's it's because he's afraid for you, basically. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I found that just really cool, like, because it is about, you know, adventuring and hearing your own calling and being willing to take that risk and go out on a limb. But it also very much is breaking through like your, your dad's expectations. You know, there's a father daughter thing that if you want to weigh in on, (laughs) well, it's, it's just, it's a parent child. Yeah. And it's interesting because, man, (laughs) it's kind of like hurt my brain. Um, if, my son or daughter came to me and told me that they wanted to do that. I would say the same thing that her dad told her. You're crazy. No, you can't go. And so, you know, I sit there and I think, well, why is the grandmother quote unquote supportive? 
it, it doesn't. And okay, so it doesn't make. I don't think that it makes the father a, uh, you know, the bad guy in this in this story. You know, he's he's doing what a parent is supposed to do, trying to protect a child. Um, and in his experience, the sea has been cruel and has been and has taken something from him and is dangerous, right? And so he, you know, to him, letting her go is possibly letting her die. Hmm. That's that's all he sees oh. is her being dead, and the last thing he wants to do is be is be okay with it and say okay go ahead. Um, and yet the grandmother is supportive and says go go go, but the grandmother has information that the father doesn't have. The grandmother says she was there that day when the ocean chose her, and gave her the the heart of Tefiti. She saw all that. Yeah. She saw the ocean leading her in and giving her this, all that stuff. So she, she knows, you know, why she doesn't choose to, well, maybe she try, would try to share it with the father and the father wouldn't believe her, you know, maybe, but she's more supportive because she's, she's seen it or maybe she's just more tapped into it. She knows the story. She believes it and she believes in Moana at the same time. But there's also this this thing like I feel like the older, at least okay, just I'm not trying to sidetrack or anything. But Moa's grandmother obviously is very old and has been around a long time, and you know has a different outlook on life. Right? I feel like the I like a young parent like her, like me, or like her father and mother are going to be more strict. <laughs> I don't know. I can't yeah. think of the word. They're going to be more strict, you know, and more protective. Um, but the grandmother knows that, you know, you got to live your life. You got to be happy. You got to do what makes you happy, what you feel in your heart, in your soul and, and take those risks. Right. Even if that means that you might die in this particular case. Right. And so maybe that's why she's more supportive. I'm not sure. I'm just having this conversation with yeah, myself yeah. at this moment. <laughs> um, but it's 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 just interesting, you know, because it makes me feel like, well, you know, I don't want to be the bad guy either. But at the same time, I'm not supposed to be my kid's friend. Yeah, I'm supposed to be their parent. Yeah, and so I would I would do the same thing as the father. I would be that quote unquote bad guy, nice. and maybe their grandmother would actually say, no, you go move to LA and pursue your dreams or whatever. <laughs> um, which is exactly what happened to me actually. Yeah. So anyway, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. As a filmmaker watching a cartoon, it's interesting because I know what it's like to be on set shooting a, you know, whatever a commercial or short film, something for a corporate video and you get into the editing bay and you're like, crap, we didn't get this shot. How are we going to cover this up? Or this shot went awry. <laughs> you know, uh, What else can we do? But in Moana and these big budget Disney films and Pixar films, they don't have that problem. They can create anything they want literally because they're drawing it. They can do anything their imagination says is going to be the best thing for this film. And so studying it and treating it like a, a live action film, even though it's a cartoon, uh, can be really informative because 
they're still, especially in something like Moana, they're still adhering to a lot of the same qualities of live action filmmaking, right? There's a lot of the lighting sources are pretty much the same. They might cheat it a little bit here and there to get a little more light on their faces while they're hugging, even even though the lighting's being covered up by the hug. Uh, there's still a little bit of cheating here and there, but they're still going to give you like pans and tilts and push-ins and dolly shots. They're going to do the normal coverage of a wide, medium, close-up, uh, extreme close-up. They're doing all this creative timing, you know, like the, the monster posters that, that whenever he says there's nothing to be afraid of and the bam, 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 bam. Mm-hmm. Like there's all this creative uh, comedic timing that they're still incorporating. And they even, I don't, I'm sure it's been done before, but like I said, I have a very shallow knowledge of cartoons. Um, And it's not like I haven't watched them, but I just can't draw on, like I've seen Brave. I couldn't tell you really what Brave's about. (laughs) Yeah, Um, sure. And so they do slow motion singing at the end. I can't really tell you any other films that do slow-mo singing. (laughs) because I can tell you how that's accomplished in live action. Yeah, right. And they don't have to do none of that. (laughs) But they used it anyway because it's an effective form of storytelling. And so watching something like this can really help communicate what's the best way to accomplish the scene or uh, what's the best payoff to do. And for an example, like we open on the backstory, right? The grandmother's telling the story of, of Maui and Tafiti and the, the heart of Tafiti and the very first shot of Moana. And if you don't know, first shots of main characters, especially a title character, is usually pretty important. Now, some are more creative than others. If you watch something like Indiana Jones, it's always super creative on how to reveal them, usually yeah. with this fedora. And with Moana, the very first shot we get of Moana shows her in context with her peers. And she just finished hearing this crazy story of demons and darkness yeah. and shapeshifters and Moana's super excited. And we have this like wider shot of the kids around her and they're all terrified. One of them falls over. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> but right off the bat, they use framing composition to reveal so much about her character. She finds excitement where others find terror. Yeah, that's perfect. And it's something as a filmmaker, you should be able to be like, oh, yeah, how can I reveal a character in a single shot, like a photograph? And studying cartoons gives you so much ammo for doing that, because these guys can literally do anything they want. And it's finding where they can find themselves that can really reveal the best way to communicate a story. The best way to tell a story is going to be. This we're just going to choose a simple close up of her face yeah. that's looking up in wonder um, because that's what happens next. We get a tight shot of Moana as grandma suddenly dives into someone has a special destiny. Mm-hmm. And now we're looking at Moana because we know that that's her. How is she receiving this idea of a special destiny? And then it immediately, you know, leads into her finding the heart of Nafiti, uh, Tafiti. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the ocean. I'm so bad with names today. It's all right. These are hard. And I love that. I love the idea of like, let's just study because they do even uh, at the end of her, her song, um, the opening, her opening number, uh, I am Moana. We see her running down the hill and there's like a tracking shot. There's a, there's a locked off shot that shows the hill slanting heavily from left to right. And she runs through the frame and then we get into this like long push in. 
like there's so many great techniques that are happening that you could easily because it's basically a storyboard come to life as all these cartoons are. They workshop all these things in rough draft format and they're saying, are these cutting properly? Does this work? Yeah, that's working really well. Okay, let's keep that. No, that's not working. Uh, what else can we do? What else makes more sense? And they're just experts in visual communication, which is the heart of telling a good story. Yeah. And so I love just trying to study framing and composition choices uh, in, in cartoons. And I definitely want to do that going forward as I'm working on a film like, well, how did they do it? And let me go find some, you know, Disney films. Sure. That's, you know, great, solid, basic stuff, but maybe even going and looking at like anime, like what are some good Japanese animations spirited away or something like that? You know, that's yeah. beautiful and still super creative. Yeah. But going into Hey, Hey, I love, like you said, that's such a great choice to use. <laughs> hey, Hey, it's funny. Cause the first time I saw it, I was like, wait a minute. Where's the pig? I'm, yeah. I'm confused. Oh, yeah. They left the pig. They left the pig? Really? <laughs> it's it works, so man. good. Because I love that the pig ran away. And I think that becomes key because... So right off the bat, we, we get a demonstration of them side by side. Hey, hey. <laughs> has a great demonstration of intelligence by trying to eat a rock. <laughs> like yeah. you said. Successfully. Successfully, right. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, nah, I don't want that. It's going to kill me. Brilliant. So good. But it's also great because it's a setup for later in the film, like halfway through when he swallows the heart. Mm -hmm. And he becomes kind of this story device of winding through the uh, whatever those coconut things are. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. And... It's so it, it has a payoff. It's not just he's stupid, but it also has adds context to why he does what he does later on. Yeah. And it's not just a silly uh, romp, even though it, it's certainly that. But it adds a layer of like logic to his actions. Yeah. And it also adds tension to later in the film. It lowers your expectations of, of what you're going to get out of Hey Hey, first of all, as a companion. Yeah. Like you said, she's basically alone. She has a companion, but she's alone. Not really. She's yeah. not going to get anything out of this guy. And so the lowered expectations really helps give you a really nice surprise when he saves the heart at the end. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, crap, it's going overboard. And he saves it. You're like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, yeah. Like he did it and he didn't need it. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's it's something that I think you could roll your eyes at and say, oh, that's a little bit of a deus ex machina at that moment. But you don't because you've accepted his stupidity and him as a character. Uh, and you're OK with him having a good moment. Yeah. <laughs> at last. Yes. <laughs> because it's great right after, you know, his his little romp with the coconuts. Uh, Maui tries to feed him the food. And he like completely misses. <laughs> He's got push him. <laughs> he pushes him, guides yeah. him back. It's beautiful. But what I also love about Hey Hey is it's a subtle nod towards adventuring in itself because it takes a bit of foolishness to go on an adventure. And she has that. 
she has this uh, foolishness, this full-hearted, uh, you might even want to call it stupidity, mm-hmm. because at points she's doing things that she has no idea what's going to happen next. She jumps into that water pit thing that takes her into the underworld. Oh, yeah. She has no idea if she's going to, what's on the other end of that. Yeah. She's not a demigod. <laughs> yeah. She has no right to think that she can do what Maui can do. Yeah. But she she believes in herself and she goes in anyway. And that, I think that's a big chunk of going into adventures, you know, as uh, you have a dream and you decide to tackle it. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you don't know that it's going to work out when it feels like it's not like when the boat tips over, she just helplessly curses the ocean. Like she wants the ocean's help and the ocean doesn't give it. And ultimately the ocean does help her, right? Pushes her up on Maui's Island, but she had no way of expecting that. Um, and it takes a while for her to figure out what it means to be a voyager, which ultimately comes from Maui. He teaches her. He becomes the father figure uh, in a sense that she never had because he tells her it's knowing where you are, where you've been, that's going to help to get you where you're going. And that ultimately culminates in that song after Maui leaves and he like deuces out that she finally says, yeah, that is, you know, my ancestry and this is where I'm at. And you know what? It's time. It's time for me to own who I really am. And it's such a beautiful uh, dovetailing of events um, because real adventure and this ultimately culminates at the very end. She doesn't know how Tafiti is going to react to her. And real adventure requires fearlessness and self-sacrifice. And she just freaking owns it, man. Yeah. <laughs> that slow motion walking through yeah. the parted water. It's like... It's- yeah, and she t- what I don't know what she tells the ocean, but she's like, you know, lead me to Tafiti, basically, and or yeah. get out of my way. Yeah, she, uh, um, let her come to me or something like that. Yeah, oh, Some- God. Yeah. And that's about as much help as she gets from the ocean, yeah. which up to that, up to that turning point, uh, that was all the help, she, you know, she needed it. And now it's like, get out of my way. Mm-hmm. That thing that was helping me get out of my way. Yeah. Yeah. God, that's gorgeous. Storytelling. It really is. It's just amazing. I and love she it. stands on that rock when that, when defeaty is coming at her just like, She's not scared at all. Bring it on. Bring it. Yeah. God, all the confidence in the world. And it's great because it's a great lesson, obviously, as kids, as human beings that, man, that's that's what it means to go on an adventure. And I think, you know, living life is an adventure. And and if you're never stepping out, man, you might be doing it wrong. It's also another look at at how, you know, why people are how they are sometimes, <laughs> you know, Tafiti, that wasn't her normal state. That wasn't how she was. That wasn't how she wants to be. That was just because someone had stolen her heart. Uh, you know, if you want to be literal, um, which is, yeah, that's, you know, and she, Moana knew that that's not who she was. She knew who she was. And, wasn't afraid because she knew who she was. So 
I mean, you know, the next time uh, I'm screaming at someone <laughs> for cutting me off <laughs> in traffic, um, maybe I should just give them their heart back, <laughs> you know? Uh, no, I mean, in all seriousness, it, it, it could be, you know, everybody has bad days um, and everybody acts so, some ways with, that they're not proud of. I, God, I know I do. I mean, putting my children to sleep, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the best father sometimes. Um, and it breaks my heart when I think about it, just, you know, getting angry because they won't get into bed and it takes an hour to get them. And, and then, you know, finally when you get them to calm down, you're laying there, you're like, oh, you know, why did I raise my voice? You're just, you're a five-year-old little kid. You just want to play, you know, but I'm not like that. You know, I'm not like a bad person. No. It's just, I'm tired. You know, you had a long day at work or whatever. And, uh, um, you know, so some, sometimes people just, they, they need Moana or someone, someone like her to remind them who they, who they really, you know, are for lack of a better term, yeah. you know, that, that was, to me, that's what that meant, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And that's such a beautiful image. Yeah. Because that moment of revela uh, realization, that revelation she has when she gets to the top of what she thinks is Tafiti and she realizes Takua, or how her name is, that monster we've been avoiding and fighting and tearing down is actually our salvation, the one that we've been trying to, to help. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, she has that yeah. beautiful moment. It's like, and the setup made, made me feel like, oh, she's about to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I honestly was like, I will not be surprised if she dies right now. And it'll be this beautiful sacrifice. And wh wh what a great movie. <laughs> yeah. To, to make you feel that way. Absolutely. Because it's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. And you're sitting there <laughs> thinking, she may die. Even if you just think that, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's done its job. Yes. You know, because normally you'd think, oh, she's going to be fine. Yeah. Get through it. But no, you're like... Oh shit! What's gonna happen? Oh, this thing is totally gonna fry her. Oh man! You know, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. yeah, well done. And so, I think the structure is really, really simple. If you kind of zoom out to the map of what they're doing, because there's basically four locations, right? You start at home, and you go to Maui's Island. You go to the underworld, and you go restore the heart. Like structurally, that's all there is to this film. Uh, but they put resistance at each step of the way, uh, especially the first three steps, because getting off the island becomes a task. And then getting to Maui's Island, she gets lost and then washes up on shore. Getting off Maui's Island becomes a task. Getting to the underworld becomes a task. And then it's smooth sailing from there, right? Like everything's going your way, underworld to 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 Fiji it's all super easy and it's everything's clicking. And then you had that kind of dark night, uh, in certain screenwriting circles, they kind of call that dark night of the soul where what you think was going to be easy suddenly is not. And you have all these doubts about your choices and decisions that ultimately forces you to find what it is inside yourself to overcome those obstacles and you overcome it. Your like, own inner conflict. Yeah. yeah. And so, Structurally, this is a super easy like roadmap and it's all in the details and character developments. It's in fleshing out the, the people that becomes just this magical thing um, with the music and 
all the writing. God, so good. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I'll lightly touch on <laughs> is Jermaine Clement as yeah. Crab. You know what I found Jermaine. really funny? What? Is I, obviously he's a Kiwi. Yeah. And so incorporating him into this story probably feels like a no brainer. It's like, oh, yeah, let's just get a Kiwi. You know, it's part of the, uh, the Polynesian Maori tradition. But what I find funny, and maybe this is me being a little cynical or, you know, over-examining things, but I just found it funny that you have a white Kiwi guy basically playing a gigantic crab who collects the treasures of the sea. Uh, like you, you have this stolen Maori treasure, <laughs> the, 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 the hook. Um, and I don't know enough about New Zealand history to say whether or not they are lightly poking at something more profound about cl colonialism. <laughs> but, but I found just that if you just on paper say, yeah, let's have a white Kiwi place, play a character, a crab who steals uh, treasures <laughs> and collects them for himself. I'm like, damn, I don't know what you're talking about. Colonialism, the idea that you're going yeah. into someone else's culture. And, oh, yeah. But what is that taking to do with New over? Zealand? I don't know anything about New Zealand. Well, that's that's kind of my point. Is like I don't know that much about New Zealand. I know that colonials weren't there originally. Oh, okay. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> and they moved in and they took over the island. That kind of thing. Okay, I see. Yeah. I see. And so, from a macro view, I, I you know you might want to paint it as cynical or just like a, a light poke of fun. I don't know, yeah. but I just kind of found that. I mean, he's amazing in this. I'm glad he did it. Oh yeah. And yeah. I love that he contributed and was a part. And I also love that Alan Tudyk played. Hey, Hey, uh, like Alan Tudyk is amazing. He's played, uh, so many great characters. He's in Firefly. He's a redheaded guy in Firefly. If you've watched that oh, TV show, yeah. uh, he, he's the iRobot. Uh, he's the robot. Um, so he's also, I think, Think, I can't remember if it was Andy Serkis or if it was Alan Tudyk playing the apes in Planet of the Apes. Um, maybe both for all I know. But he does a lot of like animation or uh, animatronic kind of stuff where he's playing characters that are CG'd in later on. Yeah. Um, and now I'm suddenly forgetting all the... Well, wait, no, he wasn't Caesar. He was... Maybe not Caesar. Uh, maybe a different That would be Serkis. Yeah, maybe he, was, he played... Someone else, uh, if I was a good host, I would have pulled all this up already. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not. Okay. You get what's off the top of my head, people. Yeah, done, done. <laughs> but I love that he just got to play yeah. a dumb chicken, man. That's so hilarious to me. <laughs> Seeing his name in the credits as Hey Hey was like the highlight of the What does he movie. do? What does he, does he like do the... When <laughs> 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 he notices so that he's in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I found amazing because Hey Hey at the end, right? His character has this full arc, actually, because the first time he realizes he's in the ocean, complete meltdown and freak out. Yeah. At the end, when he finally gets back to land, he's forgotten that he's a land creature. He's trying to go back, back out to the to ocean. ocean. Yeah. That's amazing. Like, it's a super subtle thing, but Hey Hey has an arc, y'all. <laughs> And I mean, come on, when he like falls, it keeps walking into the water from from off the boat. Like the first time he walks off the off the boat, and he comes up like feet up, yeah. and he's just bobbing there, feet up. It's just hilarious. All these little tiny things. Oh, what a perfect character! Yeah, he really is. He God, really is. it's so good. Anyway. Man. 
Gosh. There you go. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like I could keep talking about this this film for a while, yeah. but we got to stop somewhere. Yeah, definitely. So, you have a recommendation yeah. for the week? Oh, I do. I want to recommend Itania. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I went looking back. We haven't recommended it yet. I loved this film. I just, how it didn't win anything, I don't, like... Well, I don't. I don't well, Alice and Janney won, didn't she? For yes, best supporting yes, actress. Right, right. She yes, absolutely, and she crushed Great. it. Yeah, she, and she thanked she thanked the bird for her performance. Did you notice that? The what? The bird? The bird? What bird? The bird <laughs> on her shoulder. Oh, <laughs> her bird. I didn't know that. She thanked her bird. <laughs> for giving her that performance. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to recommend another woman power movie, uh, Martyrs, if you haven't seen... I'm just kidding. I'm Don't not. you do it. I'm just kidding. Don't watch that How movie, dare y'all. It. Oh, my God. You have to cut this out. It's, it really is one of the most traumatizing things. Don't right watch now. that movie. Do not watch that movie, people. But you know what? I was now we said it, and some idiot is going to go. Listen, don't be an it. Don't go watch that movie because we said don't. Go listen watch to it. two people who, especially me, like I've seen everything, and that is one of the most traumatizing movies I've ever watched in my entire life. Seriously, don't watch. We that literally movie. watched it what ten years ago, yeah, and it still fucked us up, yeah. From like from yeah. then, yep. I'm just saying. At you your can't, own risk. Listen, people, you cannot unsee shit. Yeah. Okay. And that's one of them. So there you go. Don't do it. And so I've been wrestling, though, because there's so many other great films like Brooklyn or Gravity or Hugo or Shop Girl. And so I was really kind of wrestling with what makes the most sense. But I think in this case, I actually just want to support uh, Ali Cravalho, um and say, go watch Rise. Like, it's, it's just now coming on air. Uh, give those guys a shot because... Uh, it's one of those things where you don't have a nice catalog, a back backlog of, of episodes to go watch, but I think it's more important to watch it now to show them that there is an audience for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so go watch rise, give, give her a shot to extend her acting career as well as, uh, Josh Radner. Um, it's good to see him mm-hmm. outside the role like Liberty arts. Uh, I really, I really loved as a little indie film. And I think he's a, a really amazing actor that I'd love to see him get more opportunities to, to keep creating and kind of escape, uh, that, that alter ego as Ted, because that's a great role. He did a great job, but I think he deserves a little bit more yeah. opportunity than that. Yeah. yeah so cool. there's awesome. that. Um, so this kind of wraps up mostly our feel good stuff over the next few weeks, we'll transition into some darker fare. Yeah. And as a bridge gap between happy and, and dark, uh, we're going to start with next week, we're going to be doing Attack the Block. That has a little bit of sweet and sour in it. Um, it's a graphic film in parts, uh, but it also has some lightheartedness to it. And so we'll do Attack the Block next week. Um, I'm sad about that one. Yeah, so go watch that if you haven't already. I, I think you'll enjoy it. It's one of my little diaper dandies that I like to throw out to people. Was it still on your phone? Uh, yes, that is my my screensaver. Yeah. Um, on my phone is... You can see him in the back. Yeah. <laughs> is the. Uh, yeah, don't say it. Yeah, so go, go watch, watch it. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't forget to subscribe and review on iTunes. Um, we've been doing a lot of revamping lately. Um, and drop us a four or five star rating if you like. 
Not if you like. Go do it. Yeah. Go please. do it. We, we, you know, we can't keep doing this stuff unless we get some re- reviews from you guys and we get comments from you and and tell us what you want to want us to do. Like, yeah. We like doing this, but we want to make sure people are listening and people yeah. like it. Um, so, yeah, please reply. Please, you know, rate us and, and, and all that good jazz. It, it, it means a lot. It goes a long way. It really does. Yeah. Um, if you want to drop a note on this specific episode, if you want to contribute to this conversation, you can go to the pestlepodcast.com slash Moana. And I also want to give a shout out to my brother, Justin, for running our Facebook page. Um, If something is silly there that you don't like, you can blame it on him. (laughs) But if you like it, uh, you can thank me for for, uh, having him do it. I don't know. That doesn't work For having a brother? Yeah, for having a brother. Thank you, Wes, for having a brother named Justin. (laughs) But thanks, bro, for for handling that and for helping the show out. Yeah, man. I also want to give a shout out to Joe from Hawaii, Mm. uh, who's been dropping some comments. Uh, He... Chopped a nice little thumbs up on Dumb and Dumber for my rant on there. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a 45-minute rant. Oh, God. <laughs> but also want to give a big ups to our man Joe Howes for his new gig at Weta. Ah, Holy he crap. It. He's going to be a Kiwi pretty soon, y'all. He took the job. Oh, my God. He's moving to New Zealand. Uh, if you listen to this episode, Joe... Which is kind of an actual 50-50 thing. If he hasn't seen Moana, he will not actually listen to this episode until he does. Oh, go, go. So if he hasn't awesome. seen it and it's maybe like three years away, <laughs> he's listening to no, us he doesn't. He listens to everything. Uh, not, he no. hasn't listened to like the Star Wars episodes. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That. You're, yeah. you're good. You're good. <laughs> and so, yeah, big ups to him. Big ups to you, sir, for your new job. Ah, thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. How yeah. are you enjoying it? You're a weekend to your new gig as a full-time producer? Yeah, I'm, I'm really, really liking it. I, I feel pretty blessed uh, to be working with some great people, um, doing some cool stuff, making some cool films. And uh, it's, I think it's going to be... Uh, a good move for me. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm very excited. Awesome. Thanks man. Congratulations, bro. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I'll, <laughs> I'm going to go, I'll read the quote of the day this week. I think last week you read it. Yeah. So, okay. I'll do it this week. I haven't read it yet. So this is me reading off the cuff. Ooh. Ooh. Amelia Earhart did this one. Okay. Okay. So the quote of the day is by Amelia Earhart. The most difficult thing is the decision to act. The rest is mere tenacity. The fears are paper tigers. You can do anything you decide to do. You can act to change and control your life. And the procedure, the process is its own reward. Man, that is uh, well said. The fears are paper tigers. I love that. There's, wow. To me, there's this kind of kindred spirit between Amelia Earhart and Moana, right? For Amelia, it was more about the air and mm-hmm. plane, and she was pioneering uh, a method of travel in and of itself. She was a voyager and uh, she was pushing the limits and ultimately, you know, it cost her her life, but it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful sentiment uh, because we're still talking about her all this time later. And that is the hardest thing. The decision to act really is the most difficult thing um, because everything leading up to that, uh, you're all these worries, all these fears and ultimately, you got to just say, you know what, whatever, man, uh, come yeah. what may. Yeah. You know, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to do, I'm going to find out what's on the other side of that ridge. Yeah. Especially at the end, right? She says the procedure, the process is its own reward. Like mm-hmm. everything after that is, 
cake, man. Yeah, I mean, there are, what is it? Is it, is it monks? Is it Tibetan monks that build these, um, yeah. these, these sand designs that take them months to make? And then as soon as they finish it, they just wipe it all away. Because it's not the finished product, it's the process. It's the pr- process of building it that's the the gift. God. So I try to remind myself every time I'm like three hours into a five hour ride or something, <laughs> or like you know, running my ass off or something yeah. like that. Like, no, no, this is you want this. This is, <laughs> this is the this is the gold right here. <laughs> oh really? Oh shit! <laughs> oh, that's so good. Wow, this is. My my favorite. I mean, the fears are paper tigers. Really, she said this. That's amazing. That's incredible. That's probably one of the strongest sentences I've ever read in my life. I mean, it ta- it takes it takes something that we all have, and it and just diminishes it to a to a nothing. I mean, nothing like it. <laughs> like. Something that that a child plays with, you yeah. know. Wow, that's that's beautiful. Jeez, I'm gonna I'm gonna remember that. Good good find, man. Thanks, man. I knew right away. I was like, who would I want to hear from? If because I kind of treat some of these quotes like I get to interview someone. Like, yeah, well, right. what do you think about what we're talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know who I want to freaking hear from? It's me, freaking Earhart. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. I had, man, I had a great time talking Same. about Moana. Yeah. I, I, I had a feeling I would, and I, I, I was I'm suspect, I honestly. You always are. Yeah, that's a good it doesn't point. matter what, what movie it is. You're always like, I don't know. <laughs> but it always turns out well. Uh, but this one in particular, uh, it was, it was beautiful, and I had a great time. So thanks, man. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So until next time, guys, make sure to review us on iTunes and subscribe and tell your friends. And and all that good stuff, and go check out the the site, thepestlepodcast.com slash Moana. And until next time, I'm Todd. I'm Wes. Go watch some movies. Mm-hmm.